Hello and welcome to Thoughts from the Finish Line, back with another episode of the podcast. Uh, I am Gerard Connolly, and this is a podcast brought to you by Finish Line Physical Therapy. We are a physical therapist clinic in New York City. We have a location in Chelsea and New Rochelle, and we are here to help all runners, endurance athletes, and anybody who just gets active. So. Yeah, today we, uh, Farah and I, we did a lot of talking about the most recent Brooklyn Half Marathon that took place in Brooklyn. Uh, It's a very big race in New York City that a lot of people look forward to. A lot of people build up uh, their entire spring to compete at this race as their kind of peak race. Farah and I both competed at this race and uh, yeah, we did some debriefing here. Uh, You know, there's a lot of build up to these races, there's a lot of uh, hype going into these races, a lot of people prepare for these races, but after the race, uh, we got to just get some things off our chest, uh, just kind of relate on some common grievances and some common successes and just uh, talk it out. So that's what Farrah and I did today, uh, pretty simple topic there, and uh, you get some insight onto the tips and tricks that we give based on our experience in this sport and how we think we handled some things really great and how we think we could have done better at handling certain things. Uh, Yeah, I think you'll get a lot of this episode, so feel free to listen to the next 40 minutes of podcast entertainment. If you want to come in for physical therapy at Finish Line, you know what to do. Uh, Just give us a call at the office, hit us up on Instagram, email us. Uh, Yeah, we also have a website, finishlinept.com. Very easy to find out more about us there. So uh, yeah, without further ado, please enjoy. Thank you. Our voices. Should we get closer? No. No. No, you don't want to have to feel like you're doing that. All right, this is good, I think. Okay. Yeah. What's up, Farrah? Hey, Gerard. How are we doing? All right. Um, I do feel like before we jump in today, we need to um, give a disclaimer slash apologize and let people know that our phones are on silent. Yes. <laughs> we heard from the first two episodes that uh, there was a lot of buzzing that made it sound like, you know, if you're listening to the podcast that your phone may have been going off, but but no, it was ours. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you listen to the episode with Connor, there was no phone buzzing and that wasn't because i told connor to turn his phone on silent that was because nobody nobody likes you nobody wanted to talk to us (laughs) during that hour so well i i also feel like i should say our phones weren't buzzing because like we're popular it's because we use gchat to communicate at work Uh, and my i mean (laughs) i think it was really only your phone then (laughs) which is i'm saying like i'm not i'm not popular i just my phone was going off because our colleagues were chatting about work stuff yes anyway apologies it won't happen again and if it does just it's because we're super popular and hard working (laughs) uh well yeah we're we're here today to talk about the brooklyn half marathon that took place this past weekend uh it came to my attention that it seems like leading up to big races like this in new york city and i guess abroad uh, everybody likes to do a little course preview, course breakdown, get ready for the big race coming up, what to expect, what 
what is the left curb going to look like versus the right curb, um, which is important. But uh, I think I think after the event, we need to kind of have a little debrief and, and get some things off our chest and, mm-hmm. and just kind of get together and, and just just vent about how we felt about the day in the race. A post-mortem, if you will. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Definitely for me. <laughs> still, today is Wednesday. The race is on this past Saturday, so it's been four full days since then. And uh, yeah, my, my body is still very much feeling that half marathon, which is the most tired I, and most sore I've been from a half marathon or any race, I guess, because that's the longest race I've ever done. So Yeah. I think it's also nice when it's still fresh in your head to, you know, kind of get it out there. Like a lot of people, well, I don't know if there's a lot of people, but people do, um, you know, we'll do like a post-race recap after a big race. They'll write something up, which has never been a big practice of mine until more recently. Um, and even then it's just like, I'm doing it for myself to kind of like get all my thoughts and feelings out there. So I think this can be kind of like a version of that for, for both of us. We'll be a little self-indulgent, but, um, you know, it was it was a great day and it was a tough day for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, and I I personally love to like on Strava or Instagram. I love to read what people have to say about their day. It's it's really nice to kind of dive into if you care about the person and, and you want to know what they're up to. It's it's nice to kind of like see what's what's fresh on their mind right after the race because those are those are very uh, those are very ripe thoughts. Yeah. Well, so before we get like too self-indulgent, let's just talk about sort of the, the conditions and the broad impact, I suppose, of those. And then we can, you know, kind of go into our own experiences. Yeah. So the Brooklyn Half, uh, I guess to start is there the course, I guess we'll start with the course uh, just just briefly. Sure. I mean, I know that the day was is the big elephant in the room. Right. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for I, I think I think Farah probably he, hearing somebody like wanting to go over the course is almost silly at this point because that was your twelfth race. Uh, it was my tenth. Bro- it was my tenth Brooklyn half consecutive for like years that it happened because you know this is the first time in in three years that the race actually took place. Uh, yeah, so I know this course like better than anything. Yeah, um, as a, a Brooklynite as well. Um, but uh, yes, I do understand that it is. <laughs> Not everyone knows it that well. Yeah. To me, it was just, uh, I like, I've been to Prospect Park a b- bunch of times, not as much as you, but I've, I've been there quite a few times. I, I've run that, like, direction of the loop, and uh, I figured that the last six miles were flat slash, like, false flat kind of downhill, and I was like, all right, that's, that's what to expect. But uh, going from those thoughts to actually racing on the course, it was... A big shock to me and uh, I would say like I feel like that probably is a mini version of I assume what Boston does to your legs because the downhill mm-hmm. like I remember getting to mile seven and I just felt like I felt like my legs have been pounding into the ground for too long and I was yeah. like wow those downhills really took a lot out of me and I didn't expect that yeah well that's a good a good thought because a lot of people focus on the uphills in Prospect Park when they're when they're thinking about the race beforehand before they do it you know they want to go check it out they're worried about um, what we call battle pass hill in prospect park which is the big uphill that you get around uh mile five or so uh but yes there is there is a downhill as well a big downhill right before mile seven yeah yeah that was my fastest mile of the race mm-hmm. and uh i just remember kind of thinking to myself like okay we're past the uphills like let's just 
literally put the pedal to the metal and run as hard as possible down this hill and just like and then finish the race but then I, I got onto the ocean parkway and I was like oh god no <laughs> that was a little too hard because my legs are like my, my quads were just feeling it at that point so how did you feel about that ramp going down when you really first get onto like ocean parkway proper was that just as brutal I mean, it's not crazy steep but it is it is the another down, downhill the yeah. down ramp yes um, I mean it was nice because it was downhill but at the same time like Ouchie. Yeah, same thing. It was just like, oh god, like I, I'm not like I didn't feel smooth in my stride going down that like little ramp after having my stride just completely ripped mm-hmm. out from underneath me for the past mile and a half. So, and then the other thing that people I think are concerned about beforehand with the course is just yes, the last six miles are flat, but like kind of boring, right? Oh. Like the scene, like the scenery. It's almost like you're in like a video game or something, and like the scenery just keeps sort of like repeating itself until you really get close to the boardwalk to the end. Um, and I know that's, I mean, I've run down Ocean Parkway outside of the race, like, you know, a bunch of times just to, it's cause it's, you know, nice just to go for a flat run sometimes. And that's a good place to do it. But you really got to not look at the street signs, oh, yeah. not pay attention to the alphabet. Like if you really want to, you know, get through it with some sanity left, did you feel like, yeah, you know, for sure. Tough? I mean, I, I feel like at this point, I, I feel like I've, become an adult when it comes to just like getting bored or getting bored on runs like I just try to be like all right like you've been doing this for too long you 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 train for this like you're not gonna let yourself get bored and you're not gonna let yourself like get affected physically by how monotonous this is but like visibility was like a quarter mile on Saturday and I couldn't see the mile markers and I just I just saw like the group that was in front of me kind of slowly pulling away and I was just like I had to go into like a, a completely internal space like I could not be external at all I had to just think within and just just almost like close my eyes like if, if you saw some pictures of me on Ocean Parkly like my eyes were open but like I wasn't looking at anything <laughs> I was just like totally zoned out because I was like clawing at any any ounce of like just yeah like yeah. In, internal focus that I had yeah, I, I do feel like we should color this with a little bit of context too, um, just given our sort of unique perspectives. Um, Gerard, you ran a 109, yes. right? Um, I ran a 144. We both started at 7 a.m. Um, in the first wave. Um, our experience is, is certainly of the course and the fog and everything going to be different um, from the folks who started in wave two because the sun did come out eventually. The fog just sort of completely like dissipated all at once. It was kind of crazy. It was like a light switch flipped on. Um, so To paint an even further picture for those who have no idea what we're talking about, the Brooklyn half was this past weekend. And <laughs> did we not I, say that? <laughs> I think we said it, but uh, well, it was a really, it turned out to be like, uh, leading up to the race, it was the weather forecast was saying it was going to be a high of like 93, which was just 20 degrees higher than like any other day, yeah. three weeks leading up to the race. And uh, what ended up happening at 7 a.m. on Saturday was 100% humidity, about 67, 66 degrees. Was it that warm? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, and it was like literally we were in a cloud for from 7 a.m. until like about 8.45. Yeah, was, I mean, that's it was it really was, like being in a cloud, even beyond, because I finished at about 8.50, 10 of 9, and it was still very much foggy. Um, I think it was even like probably like half an hour at least after that that probably. the sun finally came out. At that so, point, my perception of time was 
skewed. Yeah. I, I was <laughs> I was trying really hard to just uh, get water in me. Yeah, but it was like being in a cloud. I mean, that's what it's like. It's like 100%, you know, 95%, 100% humidity. It's mm-hmm. just like, what is? if it's not raining, what is that? It's just like moisture filling the air. Yeah, it's taking oxygen in the air and replacing it with... Uh, with just wet, wet gas. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the exact science behind all that, but if, if you ran the race, you know that it was just damp. It was just it was just kind of kind of awful in that way, and uh, it really affected a lot of people mm-hmm. in in a unique way. I mean, I think there were a ton of PRs and a ton of really successful races, but I think there were also a lot of people who were just like, yeah, I would have run faster if the conditions mm-hmm. were better. Like I, I think everybody agreed that the, that was just not. Not not ideal. Not ideal for uh, racing a half marathon. Yeah, um, yeah, and there was a lot of sort of like hype going into it the week of. You know, we were like everyone here was sort of compulsively checking the weather forecast every day. Like, oh, now it's eighty nine. Now it's ninety three. And so focused on the temperature, the high for the day that the sort of like we we knew it was going to be humid, but I didn't. I think that as bad as it was was kind of couldn't see. All right. Uh, we're back. We had some technical difficulties. Sorry. Um, we were talking about how hot it was supposed to be. You just said sorry like a Canadian. <laughs> well, I, you, you had to go there. Uh, exposing me like that. Uh, uh, we were talking about the weather. Yeah, well, we were talking about the impending weather, but not the actual weather itself. Right, right. So I think I was saying that, you know, leading up to the race, we were, like, compulsively checking the temperature and it kept sort of bouncing let's just try this one more time it's recording okay let's just move on from that topic you already said it okay the weather happened um and yeah i prepared for hot weather the way i prepared was slightly controversial but i prepared nonetheless i was i was heat training leading up to the race i was basically wearing a lot of clothes on each of my runs uh, kind of dressing as if it were below freezing outside, hat, gloves, and all. And uh, I was also getting in the sauna like once a day, for like, for like the fifteen days leading up to the race, pretty much. It was hard to it was like hard to watch you come into the clinic after a run like with a winter hat on and gloves. And <laughs> it, and honestly, like it really got to be not that bad. Like it it was warm, but towards the end, like I it felt fine and like it was kind of satisfying about how fine it felt because yeah I was you were psyched I was kind of psyched I was feeling heat acclimated and I I I think I successfully accomplished that but the problem is I wasn't humid acclimated like that was like what got me and I uh if anybody has ever seen me run you you might know that I am like a I'm a heavy sweater I sweat more than the average person Mm -hmm. and uh I probably lost a, a lot of weight during that that half marathon, and uh, relative to like other long endurance events, half marathon isn't super long to be losing that much fluid. So um, humidity is kind of my my detriment, and mm-hmm. uh, it's just because when there's that much water on, on your skin, it's not evaporating. It's just it's it's having like the reverse effect. You're not you're not losing any heat. You're, you're just right. holding it in because there's water protecting. There's a layer of water. You know what I didn't look at? It just occurred to me. Although, I mean, we know the humidity was so horrible. Obviously, it was like 95% and you could feel it. But um, the dew point, because I know that's a thing. Like, that's what people are always... I don't know if this is like a new thing, but um, well, people are always saying, like, don't worry about the humidity. Look at the dew point. And if the dew point is above, I think it's like 70, then it's just like awful. 
Um, so well, I'm kind of curious I, about I, what it was. I think that the dew point must have been exactly what the temperature was because mm. that's what it is. Is um, it's like the dew point is basically the temperature at which like water turns ga- into gas like... water turns into liquid water, mm-hmm. and it was a hundred percent humidity is exactly that point. Mm. So that's and that's that's I guess that is uh, worth getting uh, further into the explanation of like why humidity isn't uh, like always a good telltale of like how humid it is outside because like the percentage um, basically I was I, I remember hearing an analogy once that basically if if you have a glass of water that's or you have a glass that's really big let's say that big glass is represents 90 degree temperature and then you have a small glass and that, that small glass represents 70 degree temperature. If you fill that big glass up to 50%, and then you fill that small glass up to 50%, the bigger glass, which represents 90 degrees, 50% is worth a lot more water than it's worth 50% of 70. So 50% humidity in 90 degree temperature is a lot more water in the air than it is at seven degrees that the reason that makes dew point important is because once it gets up to a hundred that's when there becomes so much moisture in the air that it can't hold any more moisture and that's when the gas water in the air turns to dew i i wish everyone could see the like blank stare that i'm giving you (laughs) yeah i don't it's it's scary (laughs) makes me feel like i'm talking maybe maybe one day we'll get a meteorologist in here yeah yeah i'm certainly not a meteorologist i'm just somebody who sweats a lot and i get concerned every time it gets humid out so well and that is a thing for a lot of people right if you are a heavy sweater um and sometimes you have to learn that like the hard way if you if you haven't been doing this too long or you're not used to just running in this kind of heat or humidity um maybe you don't know how you sweat you know kind of relative to quote unquote normal or what other people do um and then you know you got to take some measures yeah and uh and you know being a heavy sweater isn't a bad thing it is technically a gift it's technically your body is really good at creating water that's intended to cool you down but when you're living in the northeast and it's humid very very humid for like four months a year it uh it can be a challenge um and that that challenge certainly got to Mm -hmm. me on Saturday. Yeah. I used to think I was um, a heavy sweater until I started running and like became friends with other runners. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, I think I like don't sweat enough. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it doesn't feel that way like in my body, but then I look at other people who are just like drenched from head to toe and I'm like, well, I might feel that way, but I don't look that way. So I guess I'm okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I, I would say I, I wish I were you, but you know it's just yeah. different. It's just no, different, it's, yeah. different, uh, different body types that, that react differently to different conditions, and uh, that's that's what makes running running a very interesting endeavor because uh, you can't just do what everybody else does. You have to yeah. you have to find the right path that uh, gets your body type to excel the best way it can. Uh, yeah, it's and that's going to be different for everybody else. And I really I do think that's why I had like a pretty good race on on Saturday, like because you're not a super sweater. Because I'm not a super sweater. I'm just a regular sweater. Nice. Um, I think that probably contributed. Like I I don't like the humidity. I don't like running in it. I it, I still have to acclimate. But like, I wasn't freaking out about it. You know, I felt like I felt okay. Um, I didn't feel like I was dying from the start because of it. So yeah. 
I think that definitely made a big difference for me. And I like I almost feel bad about it. Like I feel bad being like, oh, I had a good race. <laughs> <laughs> when so many people are like, it was awful. Oh my God. Um, and, and the other part of that is just starting early before the sun came out. Because I do think for me, the way that I sweat or whatever, that, you know, had the sun come out, it just felt like the sun beating down on me. And that like that heat, I think that would have been way worse for yeah. me. And I can tell you that based on my experience running the Berlin Marathon in the fall where it was just it was like sunny, it was so freaking sunny and like hot you know like I think it was like in the in the 70s Interesting. Um, and there was no shade and it was just I was I've, I think I've never been so unhappy running a marathon <laughs> honestly and all I've done what six 17 16 whatever that was number 15 I think at the time and it was just no, it was I went probably to the 15th worst experience I, I just like went to a dark so headspace yeah. very early and like couldn't really get myself out of it um so i don't know humidity bring it on that's fine as long as it's not sunny yeah i <laughs> i i think we're complete opposites there yep. i i will i'll take a hot sunny day over a medium humid day well that's the thing and you were kind of like psyched going into the race when you knew it was going to be hot because you sort of felt like you had a an advantage mm-hmm. um you know over people right like you felt like i got this i can do the heat you were heat training you were in the sauna you were like feeling ready for it yeah and i i remember even last summer when i was in arizona some of the days it was like record-setting hot days in flagstaff arizona and uh yeah, I was like intentionally going for runs at like two or three in the afternoon, like shorter double runs, but they were still like runs. And I was just like doing it for heat acclimation purposes and it's like a hundred degrees out, but it's dry and it's sunny. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember thinking like, wow, this is, this is pretty fine. I, I almost enjoy this. It feels good. Um, you know, running fast in that condition is obviously a little risky, but uh, yeah, it, that's just always been me. And uh, I will say I'm, I'm like currently realizing another mistake that I was making during this past Saturday's race was dumping water on myself as as I was running to, to cool myself uh, off because you like had enough water on yourself already <laughs> yeah exactly like like that was like my plan going to the race I was like okay I'm gonna like every water stop take a cup drink it take another cup splash in my face or mm-hmm. pour it on my back or something uh and it was just like in hindsight I'm like yeah that, that was just not helping me yeah. at all because like it, it wasn't water that was cooling me off it was just water that was Weighing you down. Like weighing me down <laughs> and, and not letting heat escape my, my, my skin. Yeah. Um, Whereas... E- even so, like, like during the warm-up, too, I, like, I, I wore, like, long tights and a, and a long sleeve t-shirt. Like, I did, like, a very, like, short warm-up, and uh, I usually wear tights when I warm up, but I just remember, like, feeling fine when I was running, and then I finished my warm-up, I'm like, oh, crap, I'm, like, drenched right now. I don't know, like, <laughs> why I thought that was a good idea, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's the other sort of difference... Not like there was one difference between you and I and how we run, but it's like you know you you did a warm up, you did a cool down too, right? Like you finished the race, I did, and then you ran more. Yes, which is like, I mean, I I've been running for how long now? Like thirteen, fourteen years, something like that, and like that is just so bonkers to me. Uh, Like, like (laughs) you just ran thirteen miles, and you're like, I'm gonna go run some more just to cool down, and I think that's just sort of. I know it's something that people who like train at your level do and it's not unheard of. It's not actually bonkers. It's just bonkers to me. But like I, I will say, like, sometimes when I race longer races like that, ten miles, thirteen miles, I, I do think the cool down helps. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's important to just to just get some like jogging back into my legs versus 
faster so running. How does it help you? Do you think it like it makes you it helps you recover faster or better uh, afterwards? So I feel like my non scientific approach to to what I think my body is going through during a race versus during a jog is when I'm racing. My muscles are so tense, or such a high level of mus- mm-hmm. muscle tension is the word I always use with myself. Is like you're you're, you're tensing your muscles up so much, and then, um, and I guess the actual scientific reason too would be you're also so much lactic acid and just muscle breakdown is is pumping through your veins, and uh, and then so like if if you just stop after the race like that, your muscles are going to tighten up a lot from all that muscle tension, and then mm-hmm. you're also just going to have a lot of junk in your legs. So doing that one to two mile cool down. Uh, generally feels like it just helps like flush things out a little flush things out ease that muscle tension and then i can kind of go about my day after that a little easier and then the next time i run it's not as terrible um i will say though i do think saturday i don't think it would have made a difference if i did it or not i was just wrecked after my race i i felt pretty terrible i i was like i just need to drink water and, and get sugar in me but I was like, just for like the principle of it and just like keeping myself honest, I just feel like I need to just run one mile because that's, that's what I, I always that's get to do. in. So, well, yeah. I mean, there's like, yeah, that ritual element to it too. I mean, I think that's, yeah, that's definitely exactly. like part of it. So, um, yeah, I did not cool down. I did not warm up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually not true. I took a city bike to the start. Oh, that, um, that definitely counts. Yeah. 100% so counts. that was my warm up. Uh, but yeah, cooling, I mean, and I understand warming up much more than I do cooling down. But even like warming up before something like a marathon or a half marathon is like a relatively novel idea to me just because, again, like we train at different levels, but I just, I'm like, you're already running so many miles. Like why, I'll, I'll, I'll warm up along the way, you know? I, I will say, I do think that the general notion for any runner across the board, whether you're the fastest runner in the world or the slowest runner in the world, mm-hmm. I don't think cool downs after a marathon is really a thing. I don't think I, I haven't met anybody who has done a, a cool down after a marathon okay. uh, because at that point your, your muscles are so damaged yeah. that well, adding, is... adding like any yeah. more steps to your day is is just going to increase that muscle damage even if it's a 15 minute mile right yeah well I mean I guess I first sort of you know found out about the notion of cooling down after a race maybe I think maybe it was either you or Brendan or someone had done like a 5k and was like okay let's go cool down and I was like what <laughs> like the the race is over. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, for shorter distances. I, I, I guess I understand it a little better now. Yes. You know. Uh, definitely. I still won't do it, but I understand it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, yeah, I think another point we need to bring up about this uh, post-race breakdown is the post-race mental fatigue that is uh, very, very, uh, runners after races are pretty vulnerable, I think. I, I am personally feeling the effects of that. This was my peak race for the spring. I haven't, I've, I've pretty much been training since the beginning of January. Uh, I've done other races along the way, but this was kind of the climax of my season. The uh, main event. Yeah, the main event, what my eye's been focused on for a little while. I, I'm not taking time off just yet, but um, I have one more race, but it's kind of just more like a fun thing that's pretty soon, and while I'm here, I might as well do it, but um, but just so much build up to one moment, and now that moment has passed, mm-hmm. and yeah, my brain is just kind of just like, oh. Got a bad case hell? of the, yeah. the post-race blues. Yes. That is that is a thing. I think we can all relate to one way or another. For sure a thing, and it's, it's difficult to navigate. 
And it's, you know, it can happen sort of if you have a great race or a bad race. Like, it doesn't even, it almost doesn't even matter. And I think, I think so much of it is because you put all this sort of, like, emphasis on this, this one thing, this one event taking place, you know, one day. So, like, regardless of how it goes, once it passes, you have this sort of, like, well, now what? You know, kind mm-hmm. of feeling. Like, I don't, I don't feel that way so much now because I wouldn't have called the Brooklyn Half, like, my main event, let's say. Um... So I feel okay, but like I do remember feeling this way after a marathon I did a few years ago, which was like oh, it's just amazing. Just had a great a great race, like best race ever, like PR, like unexpected time. Was so pleased with myself, and just afterwards I distinctly remember like just lying in bed the next day and being like, "What am I gonna do with myself right now?" <laughs> like, um, so how do we mitigate that? Uh, yeah, I mean I've I've experienced the post-race blues a couple times now and um i would say in the past it's actually been like post like track season blues Mm. uh at the end of track season you don't know when it's going to end but when it does end all of a sudden you're just like oh man like what what do i do and uh for me i i've like just come to learn that i i need to just stay in my routine for a little while like it's it's what i've been doing for months and like if i can just extend it a little longer it, it taking kind of, into consideration recover, course, time yeah. to recover of yeah, course yeah 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 like like being smart about it um you know not not just like doing a workout the monday after a saturday mm-hmm. race just because that's what you always do like right. you know you need to you need to be smart but um but yeah like part of the reason i saw so june 11th is the 5k i'm training for uh that'll be like my official like end of the season but that's not the race i really put on a pedestal that's that was kind of just like let me just get this in and uh Half of it was because, like, yeah, it was a really good good race that I just, is a hometown race that I, I want to do, um, and it'll be fun. But also, like, the decision going into wanting to do that was because, like, I, I, I knew that once this half marathon passed, I'd be, like, a little bit, like, lost, and I'd mm-hmm. be a little, like, oh, God, like, just just so, so much thought and emotional energy went into one moment. So I knew that if I had an excuse to just stay on my routine for three more weeks... Yeah then I'd be kind of forced to just get over it a little bit. Yeah. Forced to just get out of bed every day, forced to keep moving. And uh, and then after three weeks of, of hopefully digesting this race and uh, learning from my mistakes, learning from my successes, and, and just fully breaking the race down in my head, uh, then three weeks from now I will be able to accept the end of the season and go into a break with, just some peace of mind yeah. and some some clear headspace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I mean, it's there's sort of this like trial and error element to it. Like you have to figure out what works for you. It's not going to be the same for everyone. So for you, just kind of like after recovery, recovery, falling back into your routine is like tried and true. Um, I think I mean that makes a lot of sense. I'm also someone who likes a routine, so mm-hmm. like having that sort of sense of like stability almost. Yeah. Um, for me, I like to just sort of think about what's next um and cheesy as it sounds like also just try not to put like too much emphasis on the main event but like you know enjoy the journey <laughs> um but you know there's a reason that that sort of you know notion exists um it really does make it like a little easier to to come down off of it if you're sort of thinking about it as not just one thing and then it's over but this this you know this journey this you know, for, know for sure I uh, and I think that that brings us 
back once again to speaking about the lessons that COVID taught us all is, uh, yeah, I mean, we were all forced to not focus on a race or focus on mm-hmm. a competition or focus on training, oh, training, fitness, this and that. It's just like, all right, like the journey, the yeah. run. What are you getting out of this besides like making your body a stronger body? Like what, what, are, what are you doing for your life other than just trying to accomplish a goal? Um, and and I, I think that it's, it's important to implement those into your training because if, if you're only focusing on like the external rewards and you're only focusing on the end goal, then yeah, what, what's, what's the point? Like yeah. you got to yeah. enjoy what you're doing or else it's just ludicrous. Right, right. Yeah, you build, you know, you build up for just this one thing and then it's over. Like, no, yeah. we got we to gotta do better than that. I, I will say, I, I do think I maybe put, like, a couple too many eggs into this basket. Um, I, I, I mean, I personally like putting a lot of eggs yeah. in, in baskets, so in, in baskets, uh, for, <laughs> not for Easter, but for, like, uh, the analogy of training for a big race because it, it does get me excited. It gets me out the door. It, it's, it's fun to me. I'm a competitive person, but uh, it's, it's a balance, you know. You have yeah. to, like, build up to the moment but in a responsible way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think maybe like I'm getting better at finding the happy medium, but I do think even after this past weekend, I was like still just a little bit too much on the end of putting a couple too many eggs in that basket. Mm-hmm. Just because, just in the sense of like I finished the race and I wasn't even so much like, it was just the feeling I had was just like, so that's it? Like yeah. that that was it? Like right. that's all, that's what I've been waiting for. Like, right. It, was, it yeah. wasn't like a good or bad feeling. It was just like, Eh, all right whatever yeah (laughs) yeah yeah well it's also I mean it also I think it can help also like uh, help mitigate that feeling of like if you're going for a big goal and you don't hit it but you still had a great race or you still PR you know that that disappointment where it's like no like man you got nothing to be disappointed about like you had a great race and like I think if you are considering the bigger picture a little better or finding that balance then you will sort of like mitigate that potential feeling of disappointment Mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah it's uh and and great races are something to always be celebrated uh PRs you should never ever be disappointed about a PR and uh yeah I I did PR this past weekend and I'm telling myself like congratulations Gerard thank you thank you uh that I was I was hoping for more but uh you know I have to like stick to the cardinal rule of you're not like you're just not allowed to be too disappointed with a PR. Yeah. Like you're obviously allowed to want more of yourself, but like at the end of the day, like success. You your right. entire life, how long you've been on this planet, you've never you've never done that. That's something you've literally never ever done. So. Yeah. Good yeah. job. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I mean, for me, that's like my whole thing is is like I just feel so much better when I know I'm like setting my expectations properly. And for me, as a runner, that's something that I've like. I think come to do pretty well more recently whereas I used to when I didn't you know know myself as a runner as well I used to just run and be like oh my god I PR'd what a surprise like you know have have a good race and just sort of have this feeling of like I don't know how that happened Mm -hmm. and now I feel like I do know how things are happening I know what to expect I know myself as a runner and that I find actually to be almost like more satisfying than being like oh I PR'd but being like I think I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to try it. And then to just sort of like nail it or come close or, you know, and just feel like, all right, like, yes. good job. I, know? that is, that is a great point. I like totally hear you on that because, uh, yeah, like having that race, that's almost surprising. Like a surprising PR mm-hmm. is almost like a, it's a dangerous moment because that happened to me a few years ago 
2018, I, I PR'd in the, in, so I, I'll paint the picture a little bit. I, it was our conference championship. I needed to run, or my PR at the time was 1530 in the 5k. And, um, I had only run 1540 that season and I, I wanted to score and top eight score. So I got eighth place and I ran 1527. So a PR and I qualified for the regional meet by three seconds you need to be under 1530 so i was like awesome i ran my hardest we'll see what happens at regionals i'm just happy to be there and then one week passes and somehow i ran 1507 at the next meet and i just i felt so amazing and i was like what the hell just happened i literally can i do not know what happened mm -hmm. but it was like it was exhilarating it was just like so exciting but then like the months, weeks, months after that, I was like, how did I do that? Like, what, yeah. how am I, what am I supposed to do to replicate that? And I did end up PRing again soon after that, but it just felt terrible. It was like, it was like such a weird place in my, in my running career because I didn't know how to replicate what just happened. Like, right. I, I, I don't, so like, I know what you're saying. Yeah. To have like, to have a PR, a big PR where like you plan that out, you, you like, you, did all the workouts you knew what you were doing along the way and then all of a sudden you execute it as planned is just like or even not a pr but just to to execute as planned and expected to you know? e yeah like, exactly to execute a plan and like you knew what you were going to do mm -hmm. and then it's like a very fulfilling it really reassuring is. like yeah. you're you're completely in control of, yes. of what you're doing that's i think what is so it's satisfying the control about it. Yes. It, yeah and like if you're a control freak like me, <laughs> I guess that explains a lot. Um, <laughs> well, I have a book for you just based on what you were just saying, which is the book that I've been carrying around like in my... Indoor. In my, yes, Indoor by <laughs> Alex Hutchinson, which I borrowed from Tim here and have just been like carrying around in my bag. But I have read some of it and some of it is like echoing what you're saying about, you know, having these moments of like, how did I do that? And like trying to break down the science behind it mm -hmm. and still just being like, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Well, please anyway, finish that book so I can read it. I should just I should just let you borrow it. I, I mean, it's not even mine to give, but um, I'll get through it eventually. It's uh, good. It's good. It's just like you know, you pick things up, you put them down. Yeah, I, I hear that, and uh, yeah, I, I will say that I think like leading up to the Saturday's race, I was kind of doing that, kind of executing as planned. Mm -hmm. So like the Saturday was like not quite as planned, uh, but right. yeah, can't be right. too greedy. Well, hence the the slight disappointment. And yeah, but you need sense. those moments. You need those moments because yeah. you learn from them. Humbling yes. moments, I think we call them. Um, well, I mean, still, congrats. Thanks. Congrats on your PR. I'm gonna congratulate myself on a yeah, well executed sure. run. <laughs> you, you kind of set out. You had a you had a plan. You had a goal, and you accomplished that. Yeah. Goal yeah. Plan. I felt like I was. was You're right in on control of your situation. Yes. Which is. Uh, Love it is very assuring um and congrats to everyone who ran i yeah. mean it was enough about it us. was a freaking hard day i mean oh when that sun came out, i was just i remember like sitting in the stadium afterwards and just it really was like a light switch like the sun came out and came blaring out and it just got hot and mm -hmm. i was just like oh my god it didn't pack sunscreen but <laughs> i was thinking about the people the wave two folks who were still running and just thinking like this this has to feel bad mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's not a lot of shade on Ocean Parkway at that point in the race. So kudos to everyone for, for accomplishing something great on a tough day. If you PR'd, if you didn't PR, if you set your expectations properly or not, you know, there's always something to be learned. Um, so. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll reiterate something that Farah said before about 
keep your eyes on the horizon and look forward to what's next. Have a plan for what race you have coming up next. Uh, keep us in the loop. Keep your physical therapist in the loop and uh, allow us to help you if you please. You know, we're, we're here to, to help you accomplish your goals, whether that be through PT, coaching, or advice. Uh, I think we have a lot of sources here that uh, you could take advantage of. So if Absolutely. that's some summer 5Ks on the road, some cross-country races, some fall marathons, uh, don't lose hope because you know how you felt after that race, good or bad. Let's make it better or let's let's chase that feeling again. And you know how felt you felt throughout that journey, how exciting it was to get closer and closer to that race uh you know that you want that again so yeah eyes on the prize let's, let's do it again people let's do it and speaking of what's next for us on the podcast we are gonna um touch a little more closely on some some things we talked a little bit about today um some maybe unconventional uh training tactics uh Gerard mentioned heat training altitude training um, there's a whole slew of things that people do that maybe not everyone does that we want to just like take, take a little bit of a deeper dive into and, and, and discuss. So that's something to look forward to from our end. Uh, yeah, yes. That's it. As, as you're saying that, I'm like currently just thinking of things I want to say based on that topic because I have so many things I want to say. <laughs> Save it for the podcast, as, yes. I, as I like to say when we're casually discussing things outside of the podcast. Yes. Achoo! Save it for the podcast. Uh, yeah, so, all right, we're at 40 minutes, minus that minute of uh, technical difficulties. I think I think we're good on this one, Farah. We're good. All right, cool. Thank you for listening. Uh, please let us know what you thought of this. and Let us know how your Brooklyn half went. Yeah, totally. Just hit us up on the Instagram. We will uh, we'll repost. We yeah. want to know. 100%. Um, all right, great. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. <laughs>